Welcome everyone to the Cowgirl Channel of Canada. We're excited to share with you some amazing stories that will inspire and motivate you from Canadian cowgirls all across our beautiful country. Showcasing Canada's most experienced cowgirls to up and coming young women in the cowgirl industry. We will be featuring women in all aspects of the Western industry, from ranching to arts and entertainment, to women that can do all things cowgirl and with a cowgirl spirit. A place to share knowledge of some amazing women and to honor the way of the Canadian cowgirl. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Cowgirl Channel of Canada. We're so excited to share with you this very special interview with one very special Canadian cowgirl, Shannon Lawler. Shannon is one of a kind and special in every way. Shannon grew up in the small town of 200 people in Kenton, Manitoba, where her parents always provided her love, nurturing, and plenty of horses for herself and her sisters to ride. Shannon credits the horses in her childhood for making her the woman she is today. Shannon was not only gifted as a young rider, at an early age during long winter nights, Shannon began to find her love for drawing horses as well. Shannon grew to love horses so much, she began her journey into her adult career working at the Burwash Equine Clinic as an equine veterinarian assistant for Dr. Wayne Burwash. During her time working at the Equine Veterinarian Clinic, Shannon became more confident to go after a career in her horsemanship. Shannon mentored and worked with a horseman, Peter Campbell, for several years. She discovered while mentoring that what she was learning completely changed her perspective on how to work with horses and how it impacted her life, and it still does to this day. Now, several years later, Shannon Lawler is an accomplished, gifted, brilliant artist. Shannon's artwork embraces and embodies the Western way of living, from cow horses to traditional tack and a beautiful vaquero horsemanship style. Shannon's life mottos that she lives by. If it's important to you, you will find a way to do what you love and do it with everything you've got. Her advice to everyone is, stay true to your craft no matter what it is. If you don't have one, find one and own it. Stay true to it and don't be all over the map. Be great at one thing rather than lukewarm at many things and stay disciplined. What a beautiful person and beautiful words to live by. This talented lady surprised me and I'm sure she will surprise you. Please welcome our Canadian cowgirl, Shannon Lawler. Welcome Shannon. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me, Lori. It's an honor to be here and, and to be embraced by your vision and I'm happy to share whatever we can going forward here. Oh, I'm so excited. It was it was great how we kind of connected and I actually ended up talking to a couple of different uh, ladies over the course of that are aware of what I'm doing with the Cowgirl Channel of Canada and I mentioned your name and they were like, oh, I know, I know her, I know her artwork and so forth. So. We're super excited to have you on the show, and uh, you're, you're you're just you're just a gem. I just I've done some research and I've looked up some of your your artwork, and now even to have the write up and some of your history uh, and right. information of of how you got where you are, I'm so excited for you to tell us a little bit more about your story. So let's start there. Let's start with your childhood yeah. and tell us a little bit about growing up with your family in Manitoba and how many siblings did you have? I have uh, three older sisters and uh, they were very immersed in, uh, you know, it was the idyllic little girls are in love with horses mm -hmm. and yeah. um, there was a bit of an age gap between myself and my older sisters so I, I had the natural tendency to look up to them and uh, somewhat you know mimic what they did and the, the gravitation towards the love for the horses was a natural fit in that that's what they embraced so therefore I, I actually look back and try to remember and I don't remember my life without horses so yeah. they were always there yeah yes 
Oh, that's so cool. And so you grew up in a small town in in, uh, in a small area in Manitoba. And I've been to Manitoba myself a few times now, uh, Winnipeg area and Steinbeck and just outside there. And it's just it's so picturesque there it's so beautiful i i love flying in during like daylight hours where you can kind of see yeah. a little bit um yeah. what, what's some of your favorite memories of growing up there um like you said the growing up in a very small town yeah. 200 people four wow. kids in my grade and <laughs> if when that's how when you grow up that way it's normal to you right yeah. so um i i I really did. Even though we, we grew up in town, my mom, bless her heart, she always had uh, a barn on the outskirts of mm. town and a, few, and a few acres rented and um, we always had the horses. So nice. I, I put a lot of miles on my bicycle and <laughs> uh, going, going from one end of town to the other because the horses weren't in close proximity. Even though this town was small, I had to pedal my bike or... You know, when I was learning how to drive, you just, you just, and could see over the dash and were trusted, you could just take the truck and go to the chores at school. And I really had an idyllic childhood in that regard. And, yeah. and the horses, like I say, they were, they were always a part of that. And so, um, I think I probably started showing horses when I was seven years old. Oh, and, wow. and to answer your question, those were some of my, most they still are some of my most cherished memories of growing up were just going to the local fairs and yeah. you know learning learning how to be responsible in that way and oh yeah and for your back and for your pony and to show up on time and get your <laughs> entries in and <laughs> if you won a ribbon you sent a thank you card or what have you so it, it was just a really organic way to experience and horses and growing up and in nice. a safe a safe community that, that everybody was kind of like-minded you know yeah just what just to go back to what you said when when i saw it and you're right of five kids in the classroom you can never get in trouble you can never you 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 are seen by your teacher if there's just five of you yeah. right <laughs> that, oh yeah and absolutely and and quite often if something did go sideways my mom would know about it before <laughs> i got home so there was that. I yeah. mean, there's there's huge benefits and perks to, to living and growing up in a small oh, yeah. community. But but the downside is if if somebody had a cigarette, somebody knew about it before oh, yeah. they got home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. it's it's so funny too. Like I mean, uh, you know, that idyllic idea of growing up on a farm. Like I had that too. And you're just saying like you know when you're old enough and you can see it over the dash. Yeah. I remember my dad teaching me. Uh, how to drive in the winter time like on the farm road because oh dear. you you yeah. have you have to learn right so it's crash course and uh, you know sure. back in the day you know 40 years ago we had like you know piles of mountains of snow and so you get big drifts across the farm road and um, sure. it's it's just such a great way to learn how to like you know be confident it, right it, absolutely like when you can reach the pedals they, <laughs> they give you the wheel kind of thing yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's no big deal, right? Just get in, drive, you're okay. We'll get you on the other side. Yeah, I mean, there weren't any helmets and things like that. It was, it no. was a, a little bit more road back then. <laughs> but look, we're still here to talk about it. Absolutely. So it, that, that, it was wonderful. So when, when you think back on that, is there any special stories or any special horse stories that happened that really stick out in your mind that are something that's a like a favorite memory to share like even with your sisters and stuff when you guys get together well they there were just there's many of yeah. there's many of there there and and for me there probably isn't one that sticks out more than the other but going to the local fairs with my little welsh pony you know and having pigtails and woolly four trail pants in the summer and it was hot <laughs> learning like i said how to be making sure your pony had enough water and everybody had lots of straw and, and you know when they're in when you're bedding horses and doing things like that and taking care of your tack and all making sure the doors are locked or just yeah. uh, all of that oh like, yeah yeah and it's still the um, same when you get when you turn into an adult you're still you, that's you just it becomes natural like it's just the same as putting your pants on one leg at a time you well, just learn it, how to do it and it was 
there and I thought it was something fun to do but you look back and you and you now now I understand that was truly educational and learning you you were learning how to be responsible yeah. and and how to compete and going in the ring and it didn't matter if you placed or not yeah. um, how to be learning how to be competitive and be confident and you and you do build confidence as you go absolutely doing, doing that and um yeah it's i i just there's i, I don't have a negative thing to say about it to be oh. honest. well it's wonderful that you you had that opportunity a lot of people um that don't uh, and get into horses later in life you know they have that they have that same feeling and it's so awesome I get to see it a lot of times when I do clinics and I teach uh, some of my horsemanship some of the people that I get have just gotten their horses at they're at their end of you know they're they're yeah. at a point in their life where they can they can enjoy having a horse in their life full-time and yes. Um, yes. it's they still are so childlike though it's so cool to watch them like get excited about getting a new trailer oh, right. <laughs> that's awesome I know. I know, yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's, it doesn't matter what age, it, I think the effects are the same. Absolutely. It's, I think it's what keeps us a little bit young at heart, for sure, is the horses. But, yeah. Um, yeah. When, when you were younger, so when you were younger, you had, you had the, um, I guess, the bug or you had the desire, the passion to draw horses at a very early age as well. So tell us a little bit about that. How did that start for you? Okay, well, it anchors back into the same story. So okay. when... If you've been, anyone that's been to Manitoba or knows anything about the weather patterns north of the 49th parallel, there's 100,000 lakes uh, in, in Manitoba, and which brings into summer immense humidity, and then in the winter, mm -hmm. the humidity is still in the air, but it becomes, it can be 40, 50 degrees below Celsius. So. You don't ride horses 12 months of the year there, um, and nobody was privileged enough in my area to have an indoor heated riding arena. Mm. So, um, you know, when we kind of actually, what we would do was bring our tack home in the fall before it got cold, and then you'd spend some time cleaning and looking after things and doing repairs if that was the case yes. in the winter months. And the other thing that uh, one of my well, my two of my sisters were they were artistic, and again, I was this little person, you know, following them around doing whatever they mm -hmm. did, and they drew. Yeah. So I, I just, and again, I, I, I don't remember not doing that. So right. the the horse and the drawing go hand in hand. They've yeah. they've always been there. They've been a part of my life since before I can remember. To be honest, like I have um, a couple of finger paintings and. Well, I have several actually and one I kept I pulled out and framed because it's just blue paint you know how you do in yeah. kindergarten <laughs> and it's a finger painting of a outline of a sun that's oversized and an and outline of a horse wow so I don't remember doing that but you did you know it's, <laughs> it, it's yes for sure and so in the winter months you know, there's a there's a lot of dark darkness in Manitoba. Mm -hmm. It's dark at four o'clock and not light till eight o'clock the next day. You, I, that's what I did in the winter. I, yeah. if if I was riding the horses, if I was riding horses or ponies, I was drawing them. Wow, that's that was my childhood. That's beautiful. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My mom actually, she, I'm so excited to let her hear this interview, um, and to see some of your artwork and stuff. She's always drawn um you know birds or flowers and stuff like that and it's the funniest thing just like i had something happen to me recently and i was somewhere and i was watching someone and i was watching their hands and it it struck a memory so deep in me so far back in my childhood i could remember watching my mother's hands when she would read to us and she would follow along and I still have my mother she's with us all the time and she's fantastic but just the memory of her and when we were children reading to us and we'd follow along her finger and how she would draw it's it's one of those things that you just it's a it's a flashback picture memory that I have of her hands always so gentle so kind and and she loves she loves to draw so i'm excited for her to hear this interview hi, hi mom 
fun. That's fun. Yeah. Sure. So but, as you got a little bit older and you moved forward into your adulthood, um, and you always had the horses, I mean, just wonderful story about how you, you did kind of a little bit of this and this and this and everything. One of the things that caught my eye right away was the Burwash Equine uh -huh. Facility. Now, I'm just curious because I'm not familiar, but is that the Burwash Equine Facility just outside of Cochrane? Well, I was at the original Burwash Equine Services, okay. which was the one before that. Okay, okay, yes. So, yeah, I, I, which, which used to be in Springbank, west of Calgary, right. not in Cochrane. Okay, mm -hmm. right, yeah, because actually when I did the Calgary Stampede, I had to, I traveled back through the U.S. and I traveled out through the U.S., so I had to have my paperwork done for my horse that I had at the Stampede. Um, and okay. I ended up actually with the Burwash Equine uh, sure. doctors kind of doing my vet passport and all that fun stuff. And I got to go to the new facility. And when it um, when it came across in your write-up, I was like, wow, that's so, like, I mean, that's fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so when did you actually move out from uh, Manitoba out to Alberta? I think in 1988. Okay. If I remember correctly, yes, from Manitoba. Yeah. And so did you go back very often? Is your family still back home in Manitoba? Uh, yeah, I have actually have, I have relatives in Cochrane and most of them are still in Manitoba. Yeah. And so I think I worked at Burwash's. I moved out here in 88. I think I was at Burwash's in, oh my gosh, it, I don't remember the exact dates, yeah. 92 to 94 maybe. Yeah. 1992 to 1994, and that was at Wayne Birdwash's right. vet clinic in, in Springbank. And then he sold his his practice a number of years ago, and that's the new facility that you would have been at. Okay, at, okay. Right? Well, wow, that must have been such an experience working at their equine facility and just, I mean, the hands-on experience and to get to see you know, I, I would imagine you got to see or were a part of, uh, you know, on the sidelines of some mm -hmm. pretty serious emergencies with, with equines and um, mm -hmm. it's got to be such a, a an interesting line of work. I know a young girl out west and uh, that's what she's aiming to do is uh, vet care. Oh, okay. So, yeah. yeah. It, so, yes. so, any fun or interesting things that happened along the way working there? Oh my gosh. And, and so, <laughs> I had a yeah, I mean, I, to be honest, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've done a lot of different things. I've had a lot of different jobs, but most of them in my life have revolved around horses in the ag industry, right? Yes. So when I went to bird washes, that was, um, that was a tremendous opportunity. And, yeah. and it was back in the day where I, I was virtually a vet assistant, but you didn't have to be certified. Right. And I'm not, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus here, but it wasn't a requirement. <laughs> no. no. It was that long ago, it wasn't a requirement. So yeah. it, it was a multi-purpose role that I had. You know, they had their own horses and then they had a, a facility where um, horses could come for rehab or if they had had surgery they could recover there right. and then in the spring uh, we had two stallions that came in and you know we Wayne Burwash provided Dr. Burwash provided um, the breeding facility and a foaling facility so we were foaling out not a lot but there were a number of mares that would come in you know people didn't have facilities or didn't feel confident foaling out their mares we would you'd be able to accommodate them for that so that the foaling service was provided and breeding service and uh yeah we had a, a cutting horse stallion and a pleasure horse stallion there and nice at 30 or 40 mares in the spring and and it was a big job as well as the vet, veterinary practice which i i went on calls with dr burwash a few times mm -hmm. but 99 percent of the time i was stationed at at the uh, facility to you know receive clients and in the back and and I took care of all the horses that need, needed needed looked after pre and post sur uh, surgery wow. and I I did I was I was I gained a lot of knowledge and took in a lot of information oh, but yeah. it was fabulous and I when Dr. Burwash was 
a tremendous individual and to this day you know I've been self-employed for 16 years Mm -hmm. but before that I've always said that that was that was he was the best boss I ever had and I learned about I I learned about ethics and being kind and Mm -hmm. how to treat people and being professional Wayne was yeah he and he's he's still a dear friend right like I just yeah I I hope I hold Dr. Burwash and, and that whole experience in very high regard. Wow, but that's wonderful. You know, it's such a nice feeling when we're fortunate enough in our lives, not just as uh, women in, in different facets and different parts of the industry or in the world, but it's such a nice feeling to have that other person that you can look up to and that you have mm-hmm. that regard for because it does, it changes a course of of so many different things and, and it, it yeah. develops us as a person, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. Absolutely. No, it's no different than being seven and learning those things about going to the horse show and how to be responsible, but this was on a whole other level. Like, I mean, administering drugs and uh, taking care of horses that were delicate after surgery mm-hmm. or foaling or whatever. It was, and, and, and having decorum while you do it, like that's, I, I just I learned so much from that experience. Oh yeah, it had to have been just amazing. And I mean, just a little bit more too. When when I went through some of the stuff with your write up, um, you did mention too as well that as you went through your horsemanship and learning, and this was kind of either in between or after Burrush, <laughs> you mentioned that there was one great horseman that you had learned some things for that kind of did change how you felt about horsemanship ultimately yes. at the end mm-hmm. of the day and I'd love to know a little bit more about that well it's it's uh, that's a it's a good point or timely that you brought that up now Lori because uh, I guess I, I, I I'm a chronological thinker in that I have to kind of piece together my mm-hmm. experiences chronologically so can I just give you this little story because it segues into what you just asked absolutely um, I, couple of three years into working at doc, for Dr. Burwash, um, I, I was, I've always been infinitely curious about why, on why everything, why do people do what they do, why do horses do what they do, yeah. um, I was catching horses for breeding there, and, you know, some horses would come and they didn't want to be caught. They lived in a different lifestyle, so you just had to do whatever you do to get them caught. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you had to be timely about it because you're on a schedule and somebody's on the other end waiting for you. So I was just became more curious about how how horses operated and how they their their what inspired them to do what they what they did. You know how mm-hmm. how horses think is it. I, I guess it was just always a curiosity for me. So mm-hmm. when I was working for Dr. Burwash, um, a clinician came to Cochrane and I had followed that, that natural horsemanship. And, and I know it's a, it's a funny word for, for the public and people roll their eyes some sometimes <laughs> when they and, and I really don't care, but I don't, I don't know what else to call it. But my pursuit wasn't the quote natural horsemanship. My pursuit was I, I desperately wanted to understand how horses thought mm-hmm. and how to be better around them. Beautiful. So uh, I went to, I found someone that had a cult that they wanted started. And I said, I'll start your cult in the clinic. So I had no money then. I said, I'll, if you pay for the clinic, I'll ride your cult. And away we went, and we agreed to do that. So I went and took a clinic from Peter Campbell. Okay. At Col- and 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 I already read Tom Dorrance's book and Ray Hunt's book and all that good stuff. So I, it, it was a game changer for me. Mm-hmm. I, I guess to, to, to put it shortly. Yeah. So the the next year. I, uh, Peter came back and did a big clinic at Sundry, and I was in the clinic with two horses, I think, <laughs> and, and he was coming back to ride horses for the summer, and I asked him, can I come and do this with you? I need to know. I, I, I couldn't see anything else other than I needed to understand this. I needed to know this more than, 
more than anything. It, it really became paramount in my life. Right. So he said, yes, be back here in two months. Wow. So I go back to work at the vet clinic and I remember, and I'm sure Wayne can remember <laughs> if he hears this interview or if it's aired. <laughs> um, I called him out into the clinic area outside the office to give my notice because mm-hmm. I was going to go pursue my horsemanship. Yeah. And he had a smile on his face and it made it even more difficult for me to to give him this notice because I held the man in such high regard and yeah. I had great respect for Wayne and it wasn't anything about that. It was that I, I just felt like I needed to go over here and learn something else. And when I said I was giving my notice, his face dropped and he said, oh God, I thought you were going to ask me for a raise and oh. I was going to prepared to give you one. Oh. I was like, no, no, oh my God. It was like a, a, my toes curl telling the story because I, I heard his feelings and oh my goodness. all that good stuff. And, and he said, you can't leave. And I said, what, what, what do you mean? <laughs> he said, I've never had anyone work here the way you do. You're yeah. more efficient and you're better at this than anybody I've ever had here. You can't leave. Wow. And I wasn't very old then. And I'm like, well, what, what, what does that mean? You know, and, and anyway, we worked it out in our conversation. Yeah. That's, um, I left their washes to go pursue. That's amazing. That's amazing. What an awesome transition, though, for you. Well, and, and I mean, like I said, I, I had no money at the time, and yeah. I was young, and yeah. I, I was kind of living by the seat of my pants, if you will. Yeah. But that experience going and riding 20 colts a day for under that tutelage of Peter Campbell yeah. was a game changer for me. Yeah. Yeah. And again, Peter no, Peter wasn't very well known that he was just starting to mm-hmm. embark on his career as a as a horseman and yeah. doing cl- he wasn't even doing clinics internationally. So, wow. um, I, I did. I just like I said, that that was a game changer for me yeah. in, in every aspect of life because what I learned it isn't just about horses. It's it's an awareness level that translates over to everything. Absolutely. Every, every, yeah. Life, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love it. I love when I read that in your write up and I just I was so curious um, how it was that because as you wrote it and then I saw a little bit more and I the whole idea of the Fakero horsemanship and um, how how it does it does change a lot of different things for you because you find something that you're really comfortable with and that you really actually love because there's so many things we can do in the equine industry and I had a similar story I was kind of on my own path and following different things and doing whatever and I had that same kind of aha mm-hmm. moment sure. probably about I can't remember how long ago it's been it's been a while back but it was with Buck Brandeman in the US I did okay. a clinic with Buck and I did cold starting with my my youngster uh-huh. so uh, it was one of yeah, those you things. Know, you know exactly what I'm talking Absolutely. about. Absolutely. It, 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 mm-hmm. it was one of those feelings when, as I was doing uh, the event, uh, and while I was there, like I took everything so, like everything became so silent in my head. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it just, it just, it's, it sets you, it sets you somewhere else because you're like, all of a sudden, this is, this is exactly what you've been looking for all this oh time. And yes. it makes yes. you feel like I, 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 I went after what it was that I needed to and I didn't stop looking until I found it. And that's wow. actually my motto about my horsemanship and um, uh, one of the things I wrote for the Art of the Horseman when I did a clinic uh, with them a couple years back was I was always trying to find a better way. And when I found that feeling in that clinic with Buck Brandeman, it kind of it set me onto yeah I'm definitely on the right path for my horsemanship and my philosophies so I know exactly how and that's why I was so curious to ask you because you hadn't actually said who the horseman was and I was yeah. you know the Vicaro style and I was like oh maybe it's Buck Brandon <laughs> well and, and Buck and Peter were contemporaries right absolutely they were dear, dear, very dear friends yeah absolutely yeah 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 so that's wonderful and I love that I love the whole idea of that you know you were doing all of what you were doing like handling horses on a daily basis from everything to you know brood mares and horses that were coming in that oh, had yeah. rehab and here you were 
seeing this other horse trainer and looking at it and saying, okay, I need to know more about this, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. It's an amazing feeling for sure. Totally. It, it really is. And it was just an infinite curiosity that yeah. I always had. And, and I, I, it, I said, well, I guess I can say up until this pandemic, it was the hardest thing I ever did. <laughs> and it was the best thing I ever did working for Peter. Yeah. But, but I'm telling you, the last 17 months or 18 or whatever it is, I yeah. said, this is a close second, but I think, <laughs> you know what? This is, this is harder, so that's, yeah. that's taken a second place seat now. I never thought that would happen, but mm-hmm. here we are. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I think we're, hopefully we're kind of coming towards the end of it, but oh, yes. think, things are changing. And as things changed for you, how did it, how did it evolve that you kind of not made a mindset or made a decision a life change but how did you actually actively become more or less a full-time painter well again you're asking all the great the great <laughs> questions in the right order because my 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 departure from bird washes to uh you know riding rope colts for peter campbell which which wasn't easy um because it, it, the, working at home was it was a different situation than the clinic situation, right? Well, yeah. where things are a little fluffed and tidy and whatnot. It was I, I kind of got I drank out of a fire hose basically yeah. every day, you know, learning and, and trying to keep up and not get hurt and and do the right thing, but do do it twenty times kind of thing. It was so that took place, and then. You know, life carried on, and I and I went and rode a bunch of horses for myself and yeah. for some other people. And I'm going to say you fast forward that another ten years, and then I was in a situation where I was working for someone, and they, I don't, I don't know how to say it. It's just, it's like you. They they figured out what I knew, so I virtually lived in the rock. Wow. Because I, I, I did, I, I, I mean, like learning that and understanding, starting colts and halter breaking colts or horses was, it became my thing and I, mm-hmm. and I loved it. Mm-hmm. So I loved seeing those young horses understand and learn something with, with great ease and giving them patience and time to figure it out. And, I, it was just my biggest joy, but I was doing it for my work, Lori. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it it I got I got burnt out. Is, yeah. is the bottom line. I hear That's you, girl. I, I hear you. I I became I was physically exhausted and I was mentally exhausted yeah. because I had worked so hard at the horsemanship. I just kept doing it right, yeah. and I didn't make some wise personal choices along the way if you will so so things overlap and there mm-hmm. you are and all of a sudden i was looking going i can't keep doing this okay yeah i'm exhausted i was going to the chiropractor twice a week wow i didn't hurt doing what i was doing but it's hard on your body you're calling horses around and <laughs> it's physically demanding and yep. i'm five foot three and i things are harder for me than for six foot strapping that kind of yeah. thing so you know i i just i just burnt my little self out yeah. doing what i loved yeah and um i just quit and i was starting to i don't want to say resent the horses but i was getting to the place where i didn't want to be around them because i was having them for breakfast lunch and dinner yes i get it i totally 100 get it i I, I felt that and it scared me because I never felt that yeah. and I didn't want to feel that way yeah. about them yeah. or towards them. No. And it wasn't their fault. No. And, and I'm being terribly honest. Yeah. But, and it's, it, that's life. Sometimes how, it happens. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is how it unfolded. So one, one thing always stayed way into the other in the chronological flow of my life kind mm-hmm. of thing. And... I hung up my reins, I think, in the end of 2004 and started painting in 2005. Wow. 
That's fantastic. I did. I literally went, I can't do this anymore. I have to do something else. Mm. Well, I can, I can paint a little bit. Mm-hmm. And in and amongst all of what I just told you, I did find um, an art teacher in Calgary. So I had taken art lessons and I was still taking lessons um, from this my art teacher in Calgary. But I never really did anything about it. I, it was just something I did on the side. And okay. I was learning a little bit about composition and mixing paint and color and how to actually draw properly and things like that. So that was going on, you know, while I was at Fur Washes and after and riding horses here and there and everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it was the only other thing I could, I could um, resort back to. Because mm-hmm. I literally went, I can't do this anymore. I, I can paint a little bit. Maybe I'll do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was my that was my business plan in two thousand five. But you know, and you just said you said you know you 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 start and you could draw and you could paint and then it was and I just kind of want to say that's very modest because I just looking at your website and looking at your artwork, it's just and I've been looking at it for the last year or so since I kind of mm. found you on Facebook and okay. it it is such it's. It's, I can feel everything that you're doing. Like it's, it's such a, you know, and, and just to go back to the Vaquero uh, uh, horsemanship lifestyle and, you know, that thing that happened for me when I first met Buck Brandeman, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. he talked about how it is an art form. It's such, it's a dance, what we're doing with our horses. And Absolutely. it's, it literally is what, it, it transformed you into what you're doing because you have all that horsemanship behind you. You have all that, the calluses and the bruises and all of everything that happened to you. You have all mm-hmm. that and you're taking it and putting it through your fingers onto paper. And yes. it's just beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. So you're very modest when you describe your talents. <laughs> well, it's just been my life. Like, yeah. it's not like I, I don't have a degree. I, gra- I barely graduated grade 12 because, I, I mean, I just... You know, that's what it was. I I got out of high school and I didn't understand my friends that were going to college. I'm like, how do you know what you want to do? And I, I, I that perplexed me. Yeah. I just I just lived by my instinct. You know, I let my heart guide me. Yeah. And maybe maybe that was right. Maybe that was wrong. But it unfolded into you know how how you. Yeah ask me these questions of this is this is one thing always kind of led to another uh-huh. and then <laughs> when, when when I phys- was physically and mentally exhausted yeah. and couldn't didn't want to ride I mean I could have kept riding yeah but I I just knew my my instinct told me yeah. if I'm feeling this way now I do not want to feel this way in five years or ten years and if my body hurts now I knew it. I knew I had to stop. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just, I took the horses and my love for them, and put it into my artwork. Yeah. So you know, and what I learned from Peter was I got, I became educated about the vaquero lifestyle and the history and the heritage and mm. the importance of the gear and what it all meant yeah. and. I, it, it intrigued me and I was infinitely curious about that so it, it was a natural segue into my artwork that's kind of what I started to embrace and maybe some of the things that you see there now so yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and it, that's a part of it too like looking into uh, some of your artwork and uh, with the tack and stuff like that you're you're seeing it um, through through your eyes really and and to know that you had spent the time working um, and and studying that form of horsemanship that art of it then that's that's what people are seeing they're seeing your experience right and it's it's a different feeling altogether because uh, you know I, I, I talk about this all the time I had a wonderful lady on here from the East Coast um, and she's a musician she's a Canadian uh, female artist and uh, it's fantastic to talk with her, but like genuinely, uh, you know, was very honest with her and told her, you know, she has a very distinct voice, and it it uh-huh. it's such a nice feeling to know. Uh, to it's it's an honor to know you, women, uh, just to get this hour to, yeah. to speak with you. 
to know wow. your story, to know why you do what you do, to how you got to where you are and mm -hmm. where you're going to go. It's such an amazing yeah. feeling because, I mean, you, you know, sky's the limit, right? When we're doing what we're doing and like you just said too, it's you didn't have any... Um, rhythm or reason to go to college or to do anything like that you just followed what your heart led you to right i did i, I didn't have any formal upbringing you're right right like yeah. and, and i did i just i just listened to my gut yeah. and um it it that's that's what's it, it it that's why it's unfolded as it has yeah it's been it's it's a it's it's a it's a beautiful journey right and i mean you you don't even know what the next thing is that's going to happen and I mean here we are we're talking and I know when COVID happened for me um you know I I was kind of had a giggle or two thinking well I'm okay because I'm happy to be home be with my own horses for a change because I'm on the road every you know a few days and um it's it's gotten it had me thinking about a bunch of different things and then I started looking on the internet and trying to source information about Canadian women that were cowgirls Okay. Uh, yeah. looking at you know old black and white films and watching uh -huh. and trying to research where you know the first Canadian woman was at the Calgary Stampede and uh, all these things and I was I, I kept reaching through all these different um, avenues for you. but I yeah. couldn't find one solid spot where I was like something current about Canadian women today um, and see. so then I, I took it upon myself to create this channel and uh, oh, yeah. So this is the result of the last 18 months is what, what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is lovely. Yeah, so it's just, and you know, I, I kind of, I guess, a lot of people and uh, a yeah. lot of people that you meet and go through in life, we all go through all these different changes and we struggle and then we just sure. and we fix it and we move on. but. Uh, I've talked to a lot of different people and it was a very hard time for everyone across the world, you know, with COVID and the pandemic and um, yes. if you can find something in any part of your life when you're going through it, and that's, this is one of the things I teach in my horsemanship, you can find okay. one thing that's positive, hang on to that and work towards yeah. that, right? Yeah. So that yeah. leads me to talk to you a little bit about your motto in life. I would love for you to share with us um, a little bit about what you feel is your motto in life and what advice you would leave and give to other people, especially, uh, you know, young women uh, or men that are listening that want to go into veterinary care or work at an equine facility like what you were at, because not every equine facility uh, or vet care services has the breeding as well. No. So no. there's all different yeah. types of things. So you have all these different avenues of experiences that you led you to where you are today as a successful artist right. and you know a, an accomplished horsewoman so what's your life motto and what's some of the advice that you would give to young women that are listening to our show oh my gosh that's such a that's a that's a great <laughs> question and, and a loaded one <laughs> because i've had a i've had a diverse experience yeah. um but if i had to, i think i said it a minute ago Lori. it's I, I think it's important to listen to your gut instinct mm -hmm. and and I, I know I don't yeah just just listen to your instinct and if it's important to you you're you need to find a way to make it happen yeah and and the others yeah, it's a cliche there's sayings out there if it's important you'll find a way and if it's not you'll find an excuse <laughs> yeah and, and the thing is, you know, I I just gave you the cookie cutter version of, of my life in 20 minutes kind of thing. But life happens in the meantime, right? While, while you're pursuing your goals or your dreams, things happen. Mm -hmm. You might break your legs. Someone might pass away, you know. <laughs> it, it, But it does. Life happens yes. while, while you're pursuing your goals. And, you, you, you know, you can't put a timeline on it. It, it might take five years, it might take five months. It's, it depends what happens and it depends on the situation. Like I, I had goals and things I was going to do and then the border closed of 18 months ago. Yeah. So I've had to readjust, you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Life happens, but I think, I, I think it's important to 
know who you are and honor what your passion is. And if you don't have one, find out. Yeah. I I, sadly had to have a conversation with someone a couple of years ago and they called and said, I, I, how do you know that that's what you want to do? And I'm like, I don't know. That's like, I've always known. I've always, the horses have shaped my entire life. Yeah. And whether, whether, you know, I was able to get a paycheck every two weeks from working with them or around them or been painting them and drawing them for the last 16 years, they've, they've shaped my entire existence. I, I don't know who I would be without them, but mm. that was the, the life I was born into. And mm. thankfully I became obsessed with it and it <laughs> shaped my life into what it is now. Yeah. And, but I, if, if somebody does, if you're out there and you don't really know what it is that makes you get out of bed in the morning, you, you better go find something because I think it's important to have a reason to get out of bed and to work towards something that matters and to contribute to society. I think it's important. That's beautiful. That's so beautiful, so true and so real and I mean it's true I mean you should be able to feel that way about your life and if you don't if you don't know what you're passionate about you don't know what it is that drives you and guides you you'll figure it out but you got to keep trying right and that's the thing too it's it's so important and COVID really did it slowed everybody down it it stopped everybody everybody kind of went into you know Simon says freeze and everybody had to just stay still and wait for this pandemic to finish so that we could get back to our normal lives but yes there's been many blessings that have come out of it and there's been lots of struggles for a lot of people um but i'm grateful for i'm grateful for canadian women and i'm grateful for the cowgirls um yeah and i'm grateful for you for being on our show Uh, i really appreciate your time today and i loved all the artwork and we're going to share that on our website thank you um and of course i'm already trying to figure out and i think i did mention to you um the uh, your artwork it's the three wise men is that is that right three wise men yeah three wise men i just it's just something about that that captures me it's the i think it's the middle horse and he's looking off um yeah yeah, and it's just it just every time i see it i just go ah and i just like yeah i think i that's definitely one that's that's kind of a one that's kind of touching my heart for sure for a sure. reason yeah well and and probably because we have the, the common denominator of the horsemanship yeah you know between us in that uh, those are the three organic stages of yeah. making a bride horse so yeah. if if you visit with buck and had that experience mm-hmm. that's what that's again that that reverts back to my experience so yeah. we have fair right which is lovely yeah well, Shannon, it has been an honor to talk with you. I cannot talk. wait to get out west, and I can't wait to right. be actually in person with you. And hopefully, that I'd will be someday soon. We can be at some event. I'd somewhere. love that. Yeah, I'd, I would absolutely love that. And I do want to say one parting thought in yeah. in regards to uh, what is this now? August twenty twenty one. Yes. Um, there, we we need to visit again in about six months, you and okay. I, because you come out here before then. There's, uh, I, I've actually, I have a new body of work that I has not been shared yet. Okay. And it's a result of the pandemic. It's a result of wow. lockdown and, and what, the, the, you know, creating a silver lining in a situation that was the biggest negative any of us have probably ever experienced. I just got goosebumps. So, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. So it's not out in the world yet, but yep. it, it will be soon. So I, I, I don't know. We can maybe visit about that another time. Absolutely. Well, I'm actually, yeah. I do have some itinerary plans to be out west in uh, Cochrane area in right. October, and then we could maybe meet up. But I would love to meet you in person and sit down and do a, sure. a live interview, not a live, a recorded yeah. interview, but in person, like face-to-face, sitting yeah. down no, and having I'm, a chat. Originally, when I, I started out doing that, that was my idea, and then the pandemic kind of just wouldn't go away. <laughs> so I, I couldn't interview yeah. anybody uh, in person, but I'm really looking forward uh-huh. to doing those sit-down oh. and 
sit and have a chat and really you know get to meet the person and get to know a little bit more about your life but like you said this has been a small window into a little bit and thank you so much for sharing your life with all of us and you know um, hopefully at some point it will help somebody else out and I'd love for you to be able to share with us uh, how people can get in touch with you and and see some of your artwork of course Lori and thank you I, I appreciate you reaching out and having me on on your cowgirl channel it, it means a lot to me and I, I think if it can do anything like you said a minute ago is you know I, I'm, I'm just not talking about myself if there's mm-hmm. hopefully it does inspire someone you know I mean yes. I've been inspired along the way by many different people in small ways and big ways and you don't know what a conversation can uh, you know have an effect on on someone that no. is is looking or pursuing a career in in whatever it is but I, I think to be inspired and be stay open to being inspired is is the, the way to you know find find happiness and and what it is that you're looking for so um thank you very much for having me on yeah. on your show no and it, it was great of course there's um to follow up in the end uh, my website is shannonlawler.com Okay. And I'm on Facebook and Instagram and all that good stuff. Perfect. Twitter, LinkedIn. Yay. Um, you can email me off my website, subscribe to my mailing list, or maybe find me on the Cowgirl channel. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'll have all your links up there, and maybe we'll share Great. some of the artwork as well. But uh, just to go back to what you just said, my mom used to always say to me, you never know what someone's going through. Mm-mm. You don't know what's no. going on in their lives, so you should always no. just take that take that one, two, three, four, five, six seconds and just wait mm-hmm. because you never know. And you know what? It's it's been it's been so great to talk to you. I I can't wait. I can't wait to meet in person and and, oh, and, and we you. will we will revisit in six months, maybe even sooner than sure. six months. <laughs> Sure, that would be uh, absolutely. I'd love that, Lori, and thank you again. I, I've really enjoyed visiting with you and being a part of your show. Awesome. Thank you so much, Shen. Thanks, Lori. Okay, bye-bye.